So, when was your last checkup? Oh no, not you. Although that's important too, but when was your last vehicle checkup? When it comes to service, nobody knows your Chevy better than your local Chevy dealer. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule an appointment today. 720 WGN, John Landecker, 11 minutes after 7. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going right to the phone because I believe Trib, your reporter and... Now, friend of the show, it's, it's on the call screener. <laughs> do I get anything special for that, John? Yes, you do, Corey. Are you ready? You do get something special. All right, All right hold All on. Right. Let me see if I get this. Is You know, <clears throat> never get into radio if you're not willing to make a total fool out of yourself. Can't say her name cause they don't sound the same. That's Rumore. There you go. I love it. <laughs> I feel bad. I should have gotten you something too, no, John. No, 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 no. Your, pre- your presence is all the gift I need, Corey. So it's Corey Rumore, Rumor, 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 Rumore. You know, take your pick. It's Corey from yeah. the Trib. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Uh, who's going to be with us for this entire hour, and I love it. Uh, so how have you been? I've been good. I've been good. Not up to anything too terribly exciting. What about yourself? Uh, wait a minute. Didn't your, uh, I believe I saw on social media somebody had a birthday, didn't they? <gasps> my son, my yes. son turned eight on Monday. Oh, my God, eight. Jeez. <laughs> oh, eight. What a great year. They grow up so fast. <laughs> One day they're eight, the next day they're out of the house. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, (laughs) So, um, Corey's got a bunch of great articles we're going to get into here. Um, Well, let's get your credentials out there again. You're a Trib reporter, and you also do this special thing for the Trib, so tell everybody what that is. I put together, and in fact, uh, right before your show, I was still working away on it. Um, I put together a newsletter that deals with the Chicago Tribune's archives, all kinds of stories from our archives. It's called Vintage Chicago Tribune. comes out every Thursday, which is part of the reason why I'm you know, working on it tonight. Right. And if you want to sign up for it, you can go to chicagotribune.com forward slash newsletters and choose Vintage Chicago Tribune, and I'll be in your inbox, like I said, every Thursday. And I... I highly recommend it because there's some great stuff. For instance, this is a multi-page article about the history of the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. And I am telling you, this is really well-researched and goes all the way back to, gosh, uh, 1920s. It goes back to the 1920s. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. And starts breaking down the Bears Packer rivalry decade by decade. And I want to go through it because, you know, who doesn't love a good Bears Packer talk, especially after we get beat again, you know? I know. <laughs> and if you take a look at this, the history of this rivalry, Chicagoans have been talking about this for a long, long time. And I went through the uh, most of the article and I want people to. Be aware of two words that are going to come out, come up. Whale, spelled W-H-A-L-E, <laughs> and frolic. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
they're going to come up. And we'll t- we'll tell you when. Uh, well, they'll come up soon, as a matter of fact, uh, momentarily here at 720 WGN. The first one is, well, this is the first article, I believe. Staley's Whale Green Bay Packers for a 20 to nothing victory. The Bears were the... The Bears were the Staley's? Yeah, yeah. isn't that interesting? So they weren't even the Bears the first time they played the Packers. This is back when they were the Staley's on November 27th. 1921. It was the the first time, and it was, so, it was so long ago. George Halas actually played in that game. Oh my god! Too, their very first meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and who, who? And who won? I mean, this is yeah. The the Bears won twenty to nothing, and this is back when they played at Wrigley Field, which to oh, me wow. is, is just so wild. Thank you, like back yeah. then. How did you play at Wrigley Field without running into a brick wall? (laughs) (laughs) He's in the Ivy, and he's not coming back. Uh, (laughs) All right. We're going to talk with Corey some more. John Landecker at 19 Minutes After 7. It's a history. We're doing a little history show with uh, Corey Rumor from the Chicago Tribune, who uh, has graciously consented to come back on the program. And... (laughs) That's always, that's a very good thing. Um, and we're talking about the history of the Bears Packers rivalry because there's this huge article, uh, in the Trib History section in the archives that, um, Corey accessed. Uh, when I read that first headline, Staley's Whale Green Bay Packers 20 to 0. And then later, in another decade, decades later, the, Word that stuck out to me was frolic. The Bears frolic <laughs> over Green Bay. In one in the nineteen twenty six they whaled Green Bay. In nineteen seventy they frolicked over Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, Those are I, words I, differently in newspapers, <laughs> I guess, John. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sorry, it's like Sometimes I just notice these things, and I have to find out why. Um, how how are those words? Uh, who, how do you decide on a word like that to describe a an event like that? I mean, those aren't bad words. It's just that there's nothing wrong with whale or frolic, although. Because I think when I look at this stuff, especially with the sports stories, uh, back in the olden days, you know, 100 years ago or whatever, the choice of words is different. And now I think when we we put together headlines, we want them to be punchy, but also to the point. And, you know, every once in a while there's a pun. In fact, I think my husband's paper, the Sun-Times, does a really good job with uh with the puns that they use for headlines to go with photos. Um, so, yeah, I think it just evolves. But, yeah, frolic, uh, you know, frolic, <laughs> it just sounds like they tiptoed over the Packers, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I, I'd take frolic uh, or whale if they could beat the Packers today. You know, you were talking about the headlines and the play on words. And in this article, uh, this section is labeled low light of the decade, November 9th. 1952, but the banner says, Hallis in Wonderland, which is exactly (laughs) what we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was the highlight of the decade for the 1950s 
was November 6, 1955. This was, I think, still to date, the highest scoring game oh, really? uh, in the rivalry. And again, this is at Wrigley Field. The Bears had 52 and the Packers had 31. I mean, wow. it, it, must have been a, it must have been a touchdown, what, every couple of minutes? I mean, that's a lot of touchdowns. Uh, that's a lot of scoring, yeah. Uh, Hallis in Wonderland, I like that. And some of the, uh, obviously, were radio and you can't see these archive pictures from the trip, but they are classic. Christmas weather, but Packers find there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> I just want to say yes. one good thing about for our family. My my husband Patrick Finley covers the the Bears for the Chicago Sun Times. Yeah, uh, so we're two newspaper family. And right. but one good thing, one thing I was thankful for this Thanksgiving is I didn't have to drive home after the game from Detroit in a snowstorm like I had to do last year. So I was very thankful that the Bears did not play, and hence they could not lose on Thanksgiving this year. Well, that's one of the ways that the Bears cannot lose. Don't play. (laughs) I think they should should schedule more games like that next year. (laughs) I agree, especially on the holidays. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. We did Hallis in Wonderland, Christmas weather, but Packers find there's no Santa Claus. I thought it'd be more fun to go over some of the headlines than just to try to go through all the decades. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to, like you said, John, if, if you want to see the whole thing, all you have to do is search my name, Corey Rumor, right. Chicago Tribune, and boom, it'll pop up, and you can go check it out. So we got here 1941. The headline is, Isbell starts something the Mighty Bears couldn't stop. Packers <laughs> Packers win 16-14. to 14. I guess there was a player for the Packers named Cecil Isbell, who scored, okay. I, and, and I think they were still playing at Wrigley Field. What yeah. was the date of this one, John? Which one was uh, that? Yeah. Packers, uh, first quarter against Bears, Wrigley Field, November 2nd, 1941, as published in the November 3rd, 1941 edition of the <laughs> Chicago Tribune. Your employer. <laughs> now Your employer. I remember this one. Yeah, I remember this one now. <laughs> well, you know, that's got to that's gotta be, hold on a second. I mean, you're doing all these research for various topics in the archives. You put these things together. How in the world can anybody expect you to remember all the details? I mean, this, this one article alone was, I don't know how many pages, uh, but it's long. And, and the pictures are, yeah, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a lot of things to remember. With your, and it's not it's not uh, germane, if I may be so bold as to use that word, to, <laughs> to your, um, how's the word, what's the word I'm looking for after germane? Um, not, like, not Michael or Tito. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not germane to your era. Let's put it that way. It's you know a what lot I mean? of stuff. It, it, you, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have an eight-year-old son. So obviously, yeah. remembering something from the 1930s because you researched it is not like uh, a natural thing to do. Whereas, totally, yes, totally yeah. not right. Like I the mean, 1940s, like I'm currently in my 40s, so clearly I wasn't, a, <laughs> I wasn't I, around back then. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, consider considering, I mean, that's a very good point. The Bears and the Packers have been playing for forever, right? So uh, this information, you know, I started reading it, and I'm like, 
oh, you know, this Bears-Packers thing, it's not so bad, because lately it's been so bad, you know? I mean, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, I own this town, and then... I, I can't remember the last time the Bears beat the Packers. I should probably know I that. Do. I, oh. I do. Yes, Corey. I see your hand is raised. Yes? <laughs> December 16th, 2018. That was the last time the Bears wow. beat the Packers. Wow. Yeah. But the historical uh, perspective of this article really brings home the the intensity and really the quality, if I can use that word, of this rivalry that goes back so far and it's yet still sustainable today. I don't, there aren't many rivalries in sports that can say that. I think um, that's true. And when, you know, when, the, when the game took place uh, against the bears and the Packers on TV, even the announcers were talking about how historic it is and, yeah. you know, showing the photos of Vince Lombardi and George Hallis and Virginia Hallis, you know, yeah. showing her at the game. So, yeah, it, it just puts kind of in perspective. And I do have a chart on this sh- on this story that shows like pretty much from the 1930s until the 2010s, the Bears were dominant, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so it's only until recently. And you're right. Oh, the Aaron Rodgers stuff is so frustrating because it's like, yeah, you do kind of own the Bears. But why do you have to say it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, but you read, yeah, he can say that because they he, they do sort of own the Bears recently. But if you yeah. look at this, the cool thing about looking at this article is they haven't always owned the Bears. And there were plenty of time, if you wanted to use that analogy, that the Bears owned the Packers. And I'm sure the Bears will own the Packers sometime again, hopefully right. uh, in our lifetime. Just but, wait uh, just wait for a game when they sack him three or four times in a row. When they, sack, when they sack Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, just just wait till that day comes. <laughs> it may be a while yet, but it will come. Oh, come on, give me a prediction. No. When, when will that happen? <laughs> oh, okay, wait a minute. Two years. Hey, hold on a second, sports maven. Two years. Is he is he going to play again next year? Who knows? <laughs> All right. Do you I see mean, him talking retirement yet? No, but I mean, you come on and give this uh, factual opinion about somebody sacking him four times, and then I go, well... Is well, he going to play next year? I don't know. If the if you know what, if they take it as motivation, it's like own us, really. Hmm. I think the lease is running out. Quite frankly, maybe gonna, we'll see. Gonna, okay, so, uh, that wraps up the conversation about the Bears. Um, we got Corey on until uh, eight o'clock, and we have uh, some other items from the archives of the Tribune about the Lady of Guadalupe. Um, we're on with Corey Wimmer from the uh, Chicago Tribune. And uh, the Trib had this article, which this is coming up, this Lady yeah. of, uh, this, my, whatever, you, uh, pilgrimage, that's the word I'm looking for, December mm-hmm. 12th. I didn't realize it was 200,000 people traveled to, to Des Plaines, um to the shrine on 1170 North River Road. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that, John, because I grew up about a mile west of of that location. And a lot of people might remember it as Maryville Academy, where, where oh, Maryville sure. is based. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up about a mile west. And so when I moved back to Chicago from Arizona in 2013, I was working a late night shift at the Tribune. And I, I was trying to get back home to the house I grew up in in Des Plaines. And I, there was just 
like this massive amount of people yeah. in, in, in police directing traffic. And I, long story short, I sat in traffic for over an hour to get to, to the, my house and I didn't understand what it was. And it turns out it was people showing up uh, for this very special event, the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And um, so that got me curious. I wanted to learn more about it. And so I worked with uh, one of our other reporters, Laura Rodriguez Preza, and we put together this guide on our website that kind of goes into detail about what this festival is and why it happened uh, December 12th. That was one of the first things that the traffic situation, when I read that 200,000 people. Yeah. And it says here, travel on foot by horse or even semi-truck. Mm-hmm. Still still to this day? Those, Absolutely. Those? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's a tradition uh, that started a while ago. I mean, uh, yeah. it, it, it's fascinating. And if you are a Native American, and somebody born in the United States who speaks English as your first language, you might not understand the story or, or, or the meaning behind it. Uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, was a vision to uh, a man in Mexico City in the 1500s saw a vision of the Virgin Mary. And he said the Virgin Mary told him to tell the archbishop to build a shrine to her in Mexico City. So this man, Juan Diego, goes to the bishop, tells him this story. The guy pretty much laughs him out of the room, right? Yeah. And so this man goes back to the mountain to pray. Virgin Mary appears to him again and says, hey, are you going to build me the shrine or not? Is he going to build me the shrine or not? And Juan Diego's like, look, lady, (laughs) nobody knows who I am. Like, I'm clearly paraphrasing here, right? Clearly. Uh, Clearly. Clearly. (laughs) Clearly. And so this guy is like, hey, Mary, um, how's anybody, you know, I'm a poor dude. How is anybody going to believe me when I say, you told me this? And so she gives him these roses that weren't in bloom that time, this time of year in mm-hmm. uh, Mexico. He puts them in his cloak, which is also called a tilma. And he takes it back to Mexico City, and he goes back to the archbishop, and he shows him this. And in the roses had been captured there on his cloak was an image of the Virgin Mary. And so today in Mexico City, there is a shrine to her, and this tilma is framed, and you can go visit it. And so, um, but it wasn't until 1999 when John Paul II visited Mexico that he declared on December 12th that was going to be the feast day for Our Lady of Guadalupe. So you fast forward a little bit. And in the, in the 1980s, a group wanted to give Chicago um, a replica of this tilma, of this image of the Virgin Mary. And Maryville Academy said, hey, we have a place to put it. I should note that it was 800 pounds. So, I mean, it was what? a pretty big, yeah, significant uh, thing. <laughs> well, hold on a second. This, this, is it the, this person we're talking about, his cloak weighed 800 pounds? No. no, no, no. His cloak didn't, but the replica that was given oh, okay. to okay. Chicago. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It doesn't make sense. I get it, John. Yeah. No, 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 no. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. 
But this replica was given in Maryville Academy in 1996 said, we will take it, we will have a place for it. And so ever since then, this tradition has, has started where people on the feast day travel to the plains to see the shrine. Mm-hmm. And today it's, it's on a, a, a hill that's a replica of the hill where Juan Diego saw the Virgin Mary. And um, there's a beautiful plaza. And it seems each year they're adding a little bit more to it. And like you said, hundreds of thousands of people go to see it. And it actually starts nine days before the feast day. It's called a novena. And so there are different, you know, masses. And you mentioned the semi-trucks and the horses. You know, each day there's a special thing. But it's the night of December 11th. There are a lot of people who start out in the city of Chicago, and they walk all the way to this plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. when you see a lot of people walking, like you said, it's it's kind of like their version of a pilgrimage to right. go to the shrine yeah. and to pray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So this celebration, if that's the right word, has already begun, right? And culminates yes, in culminates mm-hmm. this weekend. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, walking from the city to displays, uh yeah, that rings a bell. Um, mm-hmm. This cloak that we're referring to, um, which this gentleman was wearing in 1531. Yeah. That is still, this original cloak from 1531 is still in Mexico? Yes. It, it's hanging in the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. And um, I don't know if, if they still do this or not, but there used to be a live stream video from there that you could watch of people. It's it's actually raised up on a wall and there's there's essentially a moving walkway with people on it they don't want you to go there and stand there all day and they need to accommodate lots of people (laughs) so i i think you would i gotta find this video and send it to you john i couldn't find a version of it that's like live i can only find recorded versions of it now but yeah it's a moving walkway of people and as they go by they pray and then you know, you get your two minutes to see it or whatever, right. and then the next people go on it. Well, you know, that's pretty much genius crowd control, if you ask me. I mean, I like it. The, the idea of having a people mover just to make sure that everyone who has taken the effort to get there has their time with this uh, replica, with this cloak. I mean, that's really that's really a great idea. Um, so. How do they handle the traffic out there at Des Plaines? I mean, you've been out there, yeah. for, as you said, for quite a while. I mean, this has got to be a very complicated traffic situation. I mean, it takes to... a lot of coordination. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, 200,000 people all of a sudden mm-hmm. coming, descending anywhere um, in a town that's really not built for that kind of traffic. Um that's a right. challenge. That's got to be the a parking, challenge. The parking on site is limited. So there's yeah. a, in, in my story on the website, if you, if you are interested and you want to go, and if you're not a native Spanish speaker, right. um, like I said, the first year I came upon it, I had no idea what it was. The next year I made it a point to go and see what it was. And mm. it's, it's a really moving event. You see a lot of people waiting in line to go past this replica of mm. this image of Virgin Mary and you're supposed to leave flowers. So a lot of people bring flowers and it's just mounds and mounds of roses. You say a prayer, you pray, uh, people generally pray to her with, with requests. 
what they would like to have happened to them in the year ahead. A lot of people return to give thanks for those things if they've been fulfilled. Um, There's music. There's mariachi music. There's people with hot chocolate, you know, handing out hot chocolate because this is an overnight thing that starts, you know, the main part of it starts December 11th. The main celebration is at midnight. Um, Yeah. And so it goes into early December 12th and then all day December 12th. Um, Yeah, it's it's a really incredible experience. I can't describe it, but you're doing a very good job of describing it. (laughs) You ask me. Uh, we're going to take a break and do more with Corey when we come back on 720 WGN. Well, actually, before the snow comes, quite frankly, uh, the city of Chicago does its annual parking ban. You ever been caught by that, Corey? No, thankfully, I have not. What about you, John? Close to it. Um, because I lived in areas where I didn't have parking in a garage or anything like that and parking on the street was i'm sure it's still a premium um yeah uh, especially when the bad weather comes so no i didn't i was never caught by this although when it hit the news when it kicked in on december 1st um from 3 to 7 a.m it's tricky i think when there's no when there's no snow you know, Absolutely. because because somebody's going to be parking at this place regularly, I would think, or within that area. And this sign never goes away. It's not like they put up new signs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. this is a sign that's there year round, whether it's winter or not. And then with no change in the weather at all, especially with no snow, yeah. there'd, mm-hmm. there'd be a real, I think, a possibility of overlooking it, you know? I think that's exactly what happens because, you know, it's it's kind of one of those Chicago things that you always see yeah. on the TV news, like the next day or yeah. later in the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the same day, like, oh, yeah. here are the tow trucks. They're towing all right. these cars. And this year, I think there were 240 cars towed on the first day of the band. And, and you're right. It always sneaks up on me. And, like, last year, we didn't get our, our first snowfall, like, Sticking snow on the ground until December 28th. So that's right. almost a month after the, that's right. the parking ban went into effect. So, yeah, you're right. It's like, what are you to do? Especially if there are a few uh, places you can park your car. Well, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but there's two levels of this, isn't there? Isn't there a part of the city where you, it's just, hey, this is a no parking zone now because of this uh, snow thing. Even if there's no snow, can't park here. But then there's another part, isn't there, where... You wait until the snow is over two inches deep or two feet deep or whatever it is. You're exactly right. Yeah. Two inches. Yeah, two inches. I'm not two feet, two John. You idiot. Two, two inches. <laughs> hey, I'm going to wait until. I'm not going to. I want a parking ban when there's five feet of snow on the ground. Like, come on. Let's get real. <laughs> I would park by that sign all the time, <laughs> and I wouldn't think twice. <laughs> yeah, but uh, over two inches is deep. That's one level of this uh, parking ban. And then the other is when, is now, well, as you said, until yeah. till April? Did you say till April? Till April 1st, because wow. I April- guess they... They think, you know, okay, by April 1st, we should be totally fine, right? But we all know it's no past before. Yeah. 
and it is from 3 a.m. to 7 a.m., which is, you know, not exactly prime time. So it's, right. I would think it'd be very easy to fall into, to lapse, if you will, um, on the first day of this. Because oh, yeah. you're, you're walking around on Wednesday, right? And yeah. I mean, if, if you're someone like me who is sort of ignorant, you're walking around on Wednesday, <laughs> right? And you say, oh, this is going to start on Thursday. Well, that's tomorrow. But you don't take into account when they what it means. Yeah, after midnight, midnight it is tomorrow, and that means three a.m. I mean, right. I would get caught in that trap every year. Well, maybe not yeah. every year, at least once. At least <laughs> once. I mean, I got a bad memory, but you know, I would remember that. Come on, John, you can remember that. Hey, I tell you what, I'd remember is how much it would cost to get my car back. Absolutely, yeah. That's the part that's that's tricky and also trying to figure out well where is my car and how do i get to it because i don't have my car to go get to it God, that's a very good point yes indeed so it's a what is it a 150 dollar towing fee uh plus a 60 dollar ticket and a storage fee of 25 dollars per day yeah i mean yeah, wow. isn't that awful? That's awful. Yeah, that's, that's, I think, John. I think that's why you would forget about it once, and then you'd have December first oh or you know, the day yeah. before marked from then on. Yes, indeed. I mean, once, once, okay, twice. I don't think so. Um, yeah. And well, I guess the city's got to raise the money somehow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, since we don't have the the parking meters, most right. of that money doesn't. Yeah, that contract was sold off a long time ago. So you're so, right. They, so five hundred five hundred miles of city streets after two inches of snow. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. It strikes me as being a lot. Two hundred and forty, as you said, two hundred and forty two cars were towed on the first day of the ban this year. That was well, maybe some people don't remember because that was up from two hundred. Yeah, last, last year. Um, or they're different parkers. I don't know. At any rate, Corey, it's always good to have you on. You're always fun. Love talking to you. Uh, say happy birthday to your son for me. A little belated, but still. Um, You're too kind, John. Right back at you. Thank uh, you so right. much. All right, Corey. Thank you. Corey Rumor from the Rumor from the Chicago Tribune. 720 WGN. John Landecker, 11 minutes after 7. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going right to the phone because I believe Trib reporter and... Now, friend of the show, it's, it's on the call screener. <laughs> do I get anything special for that, John? Yes, you do, Corey. Are you ready? You do get something special. All right, All right hold All on. Right. Let me see if I get this. Is You know, <clears throat> never get into radio if you're not willing to make a total fool out of yourself. Can't say her name cause they don't sound the same. That's Rumore. There you go. I love it. <laughs> I feel bad. I should have gotten you something too, no, John. No, 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 no. Your, pre- your presence is all the gift I need, Corey. So it's Corey Rumore, Rumor, 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 Rumore. You know, take your pick. It's Corey from yeah. the Trib. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Uh, who's going to be with us for this entire hour, and I love it. Uh, so how have you been? I've been good. I've been good. Not up to anything too terribly exciting. What about yourself? Uh, wait a minute. Didn't your, uh, I believe I saw on social media somebody had a birthday, didn't they? <gasps> My son. 
son. My yes. son Boone turned eight on Monday. Oh, my God. Eight. Jeez. <laughs> oh, eight. What a great year. They grow up so fast. <laughs> One day they're eight. The next day they're out of the house. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um <laughs> So, um, Corey's got a bunch of great articles we're going to get into here. Um, well, let's get your credentials out there again. You're a Trib reporter, and you also do this special thing for the Trib, so tell everybody what that is. I put together, and in fact, uh, right before your show, I was still working away on it, um, I put together a newsletter that deals with the Chicago Tribune's archives, all kinds of stories from our archives. It's called Vintage Chicago Tribune. comes out every Thursday, which is part of the reason why I'm, you know, working on it tonight. Right. And if you want to sign up for it, you can go to chicagotribune.com forward slash newsletters and choose Vintage Chicago Tribune, and I'll be in your inbox, like I said, every Thursday. And I, I highly recommend it because there's some great stuff. For instance, this is a multi-page article about the history of the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. And I am telling you, this is really well-researched and goes all the way back to, gosh, uh, 1920s. It goes back to the 1920s. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And starts breaking down the Bears-Packer rivalry decade by decade. And... I want to go through it because, you know, who doesn't love a good Bears-Packer talk, especially after we get beat again, you know. I know. <laughs> and if you take a look at this, the history of this rivalry, Chicagoans have been talking about this for a long, long time. And I went through the uh, most of the article, and I want people to be aware of two words that are going to come, out, come up. Whale spelled W-H-A-L-E, and frolic. <laughs> They're going to come up. And we'll, t- we'll tell you when. Uh, well, they'll come up soon, as a matter of fact, uh, momentarily here at 720 WGN. The first one is, well, this is the first article, I believe, Staley's Whale Green Bay Packers for a 20 to nothing victory. The Bears were the... The Bears were the Staley's? Yeah, yeah. isn't that interesting? So they weren't even the Bears the first time they played the Packers. This is back when they were the Staley's on November 27th. 1921. It was the the first time, and it was, so, it was so long ago. George Halas actually played in that game. Oh my god! Too, their very first meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and who, who? And who won? I mean, this is yeah. The the Bears won twenty to nothing, and this is back when they played at Wrigley Field, which to oh, me wow. is, is just so wild. Thank you, like back yeah. then. How did you play at Wrigley Field without running into a brick wall? So. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the Ivy, and he's not coming back. Uh, <laughs> all right. We're going to talk uh, with Corey some more. John Landecker at 19 Minutes After 7. It's a history. We're doing a little history show with uh, Corey Rumor from the Chicago Tribune, who uh, has graciously consented to come back on the program. And... <laughs> That's, always, that's a very good thing. Um, and we're talking about the history of the Bears, Packers, 
rivalry because there's this huge article uh, in the Trib History section in the archives that um, Corey accessed. Uh, when I read that first headline, Staley's whale Green Bay Packers 20 to 0. And then later, in another decade, decades later, the word that stuck out to me was frolic. The Bears frolic <laughs> over Green Bay. In, one, in the 1926, they whaled Green Bay. In 1970, they frolicked over Green Bay. How? <laughs> yeah, Use the words I, differently in newspapers, I guess, John. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sorry. It's like sometimes I just notice these things and I have to find out why. Um, how how are those words? Uh, who, how do you decide on a word like that to describe a an event like that? I mean, those aren't bad words. It's just that there's nothing wrong with whale or frolic. You know, it's interesting because I think when I look at this stuff, especially with the sports stories, uh, back in the olden days, you know, 100 years ago or whatever, the choice of words is different. And now I think when we we put together headlines, we want them to be punchy, but also to the point. And, you know, every once in a while there's a pun. In fact, I think my husband's paper, the Sun-Times, does a really good job with uh with the puns that they use for headlines to go with photos. Um, so, yeah, I think it just evolves. But, yeah, frolic, you know, frolic, <laughs> it just sounds like they tiptoed over the Packers, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I, I'd take frolic uh, or whale if they could beat the Packers today. You know, you were talking about the headlines and the play on words. And in this article, uh, this section is labeled low light of the decade, November 9th. 1952, but the banner says, Hallis in Wonderland, which is exactly (laughs) what we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was the highlight of the decade for the 1950 was was November 6, 1955. This was, I think, still to date, the highest scoring game uh, in the rivalry. And again, this is at Wrigley Field. The Bears had 52, and the Packers had 31. I mean, wow. it, it, must have been a, it must have been a touchdown, what, every couple of minutes? I mean, that's a lot of touchdowns. Uh, that's a lot of scoring, yeah. Uh, Hallis in Wonderland, I like that. And some of the, uh, obviously, were radio, and you can't see these archive pictures from the Trib, but they are classic. Christmas weather, but Packers find there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> I just want to say yes. one good thing about for our family. My my husband Patrick Finley covers the the Bears for the Chicago Sun Times. Yeah. Uh, so we're two newspaper family. And right. but one good thing, one thing I was thankful for this Thanksgiving is I didn't have to drive home after the game from Detroit in a snowstorm like I had to do last year. So I was very thankful that the Bears did not play, and hence they could not lose on Thanksgiving this year. Well, that's one of the ways that the Bears cannot lose. Don't play. (laughs) I think they should should schedule more games like that next year. (laughs) I agree, especially on uh, holidays. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. We did Hallis in Wonderland, Christmas weather, but Packers find there's no Santa Claus. 
I thought it'd be more fun to go over some of the headlines than just to try to go through all the decades. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to, like you said, John, if, if you want to see the whole thing, all you have to do is search my name, Corey Rumor, right. Chicago Tribune, and boom, it'll pop up, and you can go check it out. So we got here 1941. The headline is, Isbell starts something the Mighty Bears couldn't stop. Packers, <laughs> Packers win 16-14. to 14. I guess there was a player for the Packers named Cecil Isbell. Who scored, okay. I, and, and I think they were still playing at Wrigley Field. What yeah. was the date of this one, John? Which one was uh, that? Yes. Packers, uh, first quarter against Bears, Wrigley Field, November 2nd, 1941, as published in the November 3rd, 1941 edition of the <laughs> Chicago Tribune. Your employer. Yeah. Your <laughs> now employer. I remember this one. Yeah, I remember <laughs> this one now. <laughs> well, you know, that's got to that's gotta be, hold on a second. I mean, you're doing all these research for various topics in the archives. You put these things together. How in the world can anybody expect you to remember all the details? I mean, this this one article alone was, I don't know how many pages, uh, but it's long. And, and the <laughs> pictures, are, yeah, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a lot of things to remember. With your, and it's not it's not uh, germane, if I may be so bold as to use that word, to, <laughs> to your, um, how's the word, what's the word I'm looking for after germane? Um, not, like, not Michael or Tito. Um, it's 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 not germane to your era. Let's put it that way. You it's know a what lot I mean? of stuff. It, it, you, oh yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have an eight-year-old son, so obviously, yeah. remembering something from the 1930s because he researched it is not like uh, a natural thing to do. Whereas, totally, yes. Totally yeah. not right. Like I the nineteen forties, like I'm currently in my forties, so clearly I wasn't a <laughs> I wasn't I st- around back then. <laughs> no, I don't well consider considering I mean that's a very good point. The Bears and and the Packers have been playing for forever, right? Yeah. So uh, this information, you know, I started reading it and I'm like, Oh, you know, this Bears Packers thing, it's not so bad. Because lately it's been so bad, you know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I own this town, and then uh, I, I can't remember the last time the Bears beat the Packers. I should probably know I that. Do. I, oh, I do. Yes, Corey. I see your hand is raised. Yes. <laughs> December sixteenth, twenty eighteen. That was the last time the Bears wow. beat the Packers. Wow. Yeah. But the historical uh, perspective of this article really brings home the the intensity and really the quality, if I can use that word, of this rivalry that goes back so far and yet still sustainable today. I don't there aren't many rivalries in sports that can say that, I think. Um that's true. And when you know, when the when the game took place uh against the Bears and the Packers on TV, even the announcers were talking about how historic it is and, yeah. you know, showing the photos of Vince Lombardi and George Hallis and Virginia Hallis, you know, yeah. showing her at the game. So yeah, it, it just puts kind of in perspective in, I do have a chart on this, sh- on this story that shows like pretty much from the 1930s until the 2010s, the Bears were dominant, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so it's only until recently, and you're right. Oh, the Aaron Rodgers stuff is so frustrating because it's like, yeah, you do kind of own the Bears, but 
Why do you have to say it? <laughs> <laughs> well, but you read, yeah, he can say that because they, he, they do sort of own the Bears recently. But if you yeah. look at this, the cool thing about looking at this article is they haven't always owned the Bears. And there were plenty of time, if you wanted to use that analogy, that the Bears owned the Packers. And I'm sure the Bears will own the Packers sometime again. Hopefully, right. uh, in our lifetime. Just but, wait. Uh, just wait for a game when they sack him three or four times in a row. There when they you sack. Go. When they sack Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Just just wait till that day <laughs> comes. It may be a while yet, but it will come. Oh come on! Give me a prediction. No. When, when will that happen? Oh, okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> Two years. Hey, hold on a second, Sports Maven. Two years. Is he is he going to play again next year? Who knows. <laughs> All right. Do you I mean, see him talking retirement yet? No, but I mean, you come on and give this uh, factual opinion about somebody sacking him four times, and then I go, well, well is he going to play next year? I don't know. If, the, if You know what? If they take it as motivation, it's like, own us? Really? Hmm. I think the lease is running out, quite frankly. Maybe. We'll see. Okay. Uh, that wraps up the conversation about the Bears. Um we got Corey on until uh, 8 o'clock, and we have uh, some other items from the archives of the Tribune about the Lady of Guadalupe. Um, we're on with Corey Wimmer from the uh, Chicago Tribune, and uh, the Trib had this article, which this is coming up, this Lady yeah. of, uh, this, my, whatever you, uh, pilgrimage, that's the word I'm looking for, December mm-hmm. 12th, I didn't realize it was 200,000 people. Traveled to, to Des Plaines, um, to the shrine on 1170 North River Road. Yeah. This- well, it's funny you say that, John, because I grew up about a mile west of, of that location. And a lot of people might remember it as Maryville Academy, where, where oh, Maryville sure. is based. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up about a mile west. And so when I moved back to Chicago from Arizona in 2013, I was working a late night shift at the Tribune. And I, I was trying to get back home to the house I grew up in in Des Plaines, and I, there was just like this massive amount of people. Yeah. In 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 police directing traffic, and I, long story short, I sat in traffic for over an hour to get to to the, my house, and I didn't understand what it was. And it turns out it was people showing up uh, for this very special event, the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And um, so that got me curious. I wanted to learn more about it. And so I worked with uh, one of our other reporters, Laura Rodriguez Preza, and we put together this guide on our website that kind of goes into detail about what this festival is and why it happened December 12th. That was one of the first things that the traffic situation, when I read that 200,000 people. Yeah. And it says here, travel on foot by horse or even semi-truck. Mm-hmm. Still still to this day? Those, Absolutely. Those, yeah. Really? Yeah. It's a tradition uh, that started a while ago. I mean, uh, yeah. it, it, it's fascinating. And if you are a Native American, somebody born in the United States who speaks English as your first language, you might not understand the story or, or, or the meaning behind it. Uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, was a vision to a, a man in Mexico City in the 1500s saw a vision of the Virgin Mary. And he said the Virgin Mary told him to tell the archbishop to build a shrine to her in Mexico City. So this man, Juan Diego, goes to the bishop 
tells him this story, the guy pretty much laughs him out of the room, right? Yeah. And so this man goes back to the mountain to pray. Virgin Mary appears to him again and says, hey, are you going to build me the shrine or not? Is he going to build me the shrine or not? And Juan Diego's like, look, lady, nobody (laughs) knows who I am. Like, I'm clearly paraphrasing here, right? Clearly. uh, Clearly. Clearly. (laughs) Clearly. And so... This guy is like, hey, Mary, um, how's anybody, you know, I'm a poor dude. How is anybody going to believe me when I say, you told me this? And so she gives him these roses that weren't in bloom that time, this time of year in mm-hmm. uh, Mexico. He puts them in his cloak, which is also called a tilma, and he takes it back to Mexico City. And he goes back to the archbishop, and he shows him this, and in the roses had been captured there on his cloak was an image of the Virgin Mary. And so today in Mexico City, there is a shrine to her, and this tilma is framed, and you can go visit it. And so, um, but it wasn't until 1999 when John Paul II visited Mexico that he declared on December 12th that was going to be the feast day for Our Lady of Guadalupe. So you fast forward a little bit. And in the, in the 1980s, a group wanted to give Chicago um, a replica of this tilma, of this image of the Virgin Mary. And Maryville Academy said, hey, we have a place to put it. I should note that it was 800 pounds. So, I mean, it was what? a pretty big, yeah, significant uh, thing. <laughs> well, hold on a second. This, this, is it the, this person we're talking about, his cloak weighed 800 pounds? No. no, no, no. His cloak didn't, but the replica that was given oh, okay. to okay. Chicago. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It doesn't make sense. I get it, John. Yeah. No, 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 no. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. <laughs> but this replica was given, and Maryville Academy in 1996 said, we will take it, we will have a place for it. And so ever since then this tradition has has started where people on the feast day travel to this plains to see the shrine. Mm. And today it's it's on a, a, a hill that's a replica of the hill where Juan Diego saw the Virgin Mary. And um, there's a beautiful plaza. And it seems each year they're adding a little bit more to it. And like you said, hundreds of thousands of people go to see it. And it actually starts nine days before the feast day. It's called a novena. And so there are different you know, masses, and you mentioned the semi-trucks and the horses, you know, each day there's a special thing, but it's the night of December 11th. There are a lot of people who start out in the city of Chicago and they walk all the way to this plane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 So when you see a lot of people walking, like you said, it's, it's kind of like their version of a pilgrimage to to the shrine and to pray. Mm -hmm. Wow. So this, celebration if that's the right word has already begun right and culminates yes, in has. culminates mm-hmm. this weekend yeah that yeah. uh walking from the city to displays uh yeah that rings a bell um mm-hmm. this cloak that we're referring to um which this gentleman was wearing in 1531 yeah said, that is still this original cloak from 1531 is still in mexico Yes, it, it's hanging in the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. And um, I don't know if, if they still do this or not, but there used to be a live stream video from there that you could watch of people. It's 
it's actually raised up on a wall and there's <laughs> there's a, essentially a moving walkway with people on it they, they don't want you to go there and stand there all day and they need right. to accommodate lots <laughs> of people so I, I think you would, I got to find this video and send it to you, John. I couldn't find a version of it that's like live. I can only find recorded versions right, of it now. Right. But yeah, it's a moving walkway of people. And as they go by, they pray. And then, you know, you get your two minutes to see it or whatever. Right. And then the next people go on it. Well, you know, that's pretty much genius crowd control, if you ask me. I mean, I like it. The, the idea of having a people mover just to make sure that everyone who has taking the effort to get there as their time with this uh, replica with this cloak. I mean, that's really, that's really a great idea. Um, so how do they handle the traffic out there at this planes? I mean, you've been out there yeah. for, as you said, for quite a while. I mean, this has got to be a very complicated traffic situation. I mean, it takes a lot of coordination. Yeah. 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 I mean, 200,000 uh, people all of a sudden mm-hmm. coming, descending anywhere um, in a town that's really not built for that kind of traffic. Um, that's a right. challenge. That's got to be the a parking, challenge. The parking on site is limited. So there's yeah. a, in, in my story on the website, if you, if you are interested and you want to go, and if you're not a native Spanish speaker, um, right. like I said, the first year I came upon it, I had no idea what it was. The next year, I made it a point to go and see what it was. And mm. it's, it's a really moving event. You see a lot of people waiting in line to go past this replica of mm. this image of Virgin Mary. And you're supposed to leave flowers, so a lot of people bring flowers, and it's just mounds and mounds of roses. You say a prayer. You pray. Uh, people generally pray to her with with requests, what they would like to have happened to them in the yeah. year ahead. A lot of people return to give thanks for those things if they've been fulfilled. Um, there's music, there's mariachi music, there's people with hot chocolate, you know, handing out hot chocolate because this is an overnight thing that starts, you know, the main part of it starts December 11th. The main celebration is at midnight. Um, yeah. And so it goes into early December 12th and then all day December 12th. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really incredible experience. I can't describe it, but you're doing a very good job of describing it. (laughs) You ask me. Uh, we're going to take a break and do more with Corey when we come back on 720 WGN. Well, actually, before the snow comes, quite frankly, uh, the city of Chicago does its annual parking ban. You ever been caught by that, Corey? No, thankfully, I have not. What about you, John? Close to it. Um, because I lived in areas where I didn't have parking in a garage or anything like that and parking on the street was i'm sure it's still a premium um yeah uh, especially when the bad weather comes so no i didn't i was never caught by this although when it hit the news when it kicked in on december 1st um from 3 to 7 a.m it's tricky i think when there's yeah. no snow when there's no snow you know, Absolutely. because because somebody's going to be parking at this place regularly, I would think, or within that area. And this sign never goes away. It's not like they put up new signs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. 
This is a sign that's there year-round, whether it's winter or not. And then with no change in the weather at all, especially with no snow, yeah. there'd, mm-hmm. there'd be a real, I think, a possibility of overlooking it, you know? I think that's exactly what happens because, you know, it's it's kind of one of those Chicago things that you always see yeah. on the TV news, like the next day or yeah. later in the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the same day, like, oh, yeah. here are the tow trucks, they're towing all right. these cars. And this year, I think there were 240 cars towed on the first day of the band. And, and you're right, it always sneaks up on me. And, like, last year, we didn't get our our first snowfall, like, sticking snow on the ground until December 28th. So right. that's almost a month after the, that's right. the parking ban went into effect. So, yeah, you're right. It's like, what are you to do? Especially if there are a few uh, places you can park your car. Well, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but there's two levels of this. Isn't there? Isn't there a part of the city where it's just, hey, this is a no parking zone now because of this uh, snow thing. Even if there's no snow, can't park here. But then there's another part, isn't there, where you wait until the snow is over two inches deep or two feet deep or whatever it is? You're exactly right. Yeah. Two inches. Yeah, two inches. I'm not two feet, two John, you idiot. Two, two <laughs> inches. I'm going to wait until. I'm not going to. I want a parking ban where there's five feet of snow on the ground. Like, come on. Let's get real. <laughs> I would park by that sign all the time. And I wouldn't think twice. <laughs> yeah. But over two inches is deep. That's one level of this. Uh, parking ban and then the other is when is now as you said until till april did you say till april till april 1st because i guess they they think you know okay by april 1st we should be totally fine right but we all know it's no before yeah and it is from 3 a.m to 7 a.m which is you know not exactly prime time so it's. Right. I would think it'd be very easy to fall into to lapse, if you will, um, on the first day of this, because oh, yeah. you're, you're walking around on Wednesday, right? And yes. I mean, if if you're someone like me who's sort of ignorant, you're walking around on Wednesday, <laughs> right? And you say, "Oh, this is going to start on Thursday." Well, that's tomorrow, but you don't take into account when they what it means. Yeah, after midnight, midnight it is tomorrow, and that means three a.m. I mean, right. I would get caught in that trap every year. Well, maybe not yeah. every year, at least once. <laughs> I mean, I got a bad memory, but, you know, I would remember that. Come on, John, you can remember that. Hey, I'll tell you what I'd remember is how much it would cost to get my car back. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the part that's that's tricky. And also trying to figure out, well, where is my car and how do I get to it? Because I don't have my car to go get to it. <laughs> God, that's a very good point. Yes, indeed. So it's a, what is it, a $150 towing fee uh, plus a $60 ticket and a storage fee of $25 per day? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, wow. isn't that awful? That's awful. Yeah, that's, that's, I think, John, I think that's why you would forget about it once and then you'd have December oh 1st my, or you know, the day yeah. before marked from then on. Yes, indeed. I mean, once... Once, okay. Twice, I don't think so. Um, yeah. And, well, I guess the city's got to raise their money somehow. Um, <laughs> well, 
Well, yeah, since we don't have the, the parking meters, most right. of that money doesn't. Yeah, that contract was sold off a long time ago. So you're so, right. They so 500, 500 miles of city streets after two inches of snow. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. It strikes me as being a lot. Two hundred and forty, as you said, two hundred and forty-two cars were towed on the first day of the ban this year. That was well, maybe some people don't remember because that was up from two hundred yeah. last year. Um, or they're different parkers. I don't know. At any rate, Corey, it's always good to have you on. You're always fun. Love talking to you. Uh, say happy birthday to your son for me. A little belated, but still. Um, You're too kind, John. Right back at you. Thank uh-huh. you so much. All right, Corey, thank you. Corey Rumor from the Rumor from the Chicago Tribune. John Landecker at 19 minutes after 7. It's a history. We're doing a little history show with uh, Corey Rumor from the Chicago Tribune, who uh, has graciously consented to come back on the program. And that's <laughs> always that's a very good thing. Um, and we're talking about the history of the Bears-Packers rivalry, because there's this huge article uh in the Trib History section in the archives that um, Corey accessed. Uh, when I read that first headline, Staley's whale Green Bay Packers 20 to 0. And then later, in another decade, decades later, the word that stuck out to me was frolic. The Bears <laughs> frolic over Green Bay. In, one, in the 1926, they whaled Green Bay. In 1970, they frolicked over Green Bay. (laughs) You use the words differently in newspapers, I guess, John. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm sorry. It's like sometimes I just notice these things and I have to find out why. Um, How how are those words? uh, How do you decide on a word like that to describe a an event like that. I mean, those aren't bad words. It's just that there's nothing wrong with whale or frolic, although. You know, it's interesting because I think when I look at this stuff, especially with the sports stories, yeah. uh, back in the olden days, you know, 100 years ago or whatever, the choice of words is different. And now yeah, I think when yeah. we we put together headlines, we want them to be punchy, but also to the point. And, you know, every once in a while there's a pun. In fact, I think right. my husband's paper, the Sun-Times, does a really good job with uh with the puns that they use for headlines to go with photos. Um, so, yeah, I think it just evolves. But, yeah, frolic, you know, frolic, <laughs> it just sounds like they tiptoed over the Packers, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I, I'd take frolic uh, or whale if they could beat the Packers today. You know, you were talking about the headlines and the play on words. And in this article, uh, this section is labeled low light of the decade, November 9th. 1952, but the banner says Hallis in Wonderland, which is exactly <laughs> yeah. what we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was the highlight of the decade for the 1950 was, was November 6, 1955. This was, I think, still to date, the highest scoring game oh, really? uh, in the rivalry. And again, this is at Wrigley Field. The Bears had 52, and the Packers had 31. I mean, wow. it, it must have been a, a touchdown, what, every couple of minutes? I mean, that's a lot of touchdowns. Uh, that's a lot of scoring, yeah. Uh, Hallis in Wonderland, I like that. And some of the, uh, obviously, were 
radio and you can't see these archive pictures from the trip, but they are classic. Christmas weather, but Packers find there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say yes. one good thing about for our family. My my husband Patrick Finley covers the the Bears for the Chicago Sun Times. Yeah, uh, so we're two newspaper family. And right. but one good thing, one thing I was thankful for this Thanksgiving is I didn't have to drive home after the game from Detroit in a snowstorm like I had to do last year. So I was very thankful that the Bears did not play, and hence they could not lose on Thanksgiving this year. Well, that's one of the ways that the Bears cannot lose. Don't play. (laughs) I think they should should schedule more games like that next year. (laughs) I agree, especially on uh, holidays. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. We did Alice in Wonderland, Christmas weather, but Packers find there's no Santa Claus. I thought it'd be more fun to go over some of the headlines than just to try to go through all the decades. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to, like you said, John, if if you want to see the whole thing, all you have to do is search my name, Corey Rumor, right. Chicago Tribune, and boom, it'll pop up, and you can go check it out. So we got here 1941. The headline is, Isbell starts something the Mighty Bears couldn't stop. Packers <laughs> Packers win 16-14. to 14. I guess there was a player for the Packers named Cecil Isbell, who scored, okay. I, and, and I think they were still playing at Wrigley Field. What yeah. was the date of this one, John? Which one was uh, that? Packers, uh, first quarter against Bears, Wrigley Field, November 2nd, 1941, as published in the November 3rd, 1941 edition of the <laughs> Chicago Tribune. Your employer. Yeah. Your <laughs> no, employer. I remember this one. Yeah, I remember this one now. <laughs> well, you know, that's got to that's gotta be, hold on a second. I mean, you're doing all these research for various topics in the archives. You put these things together. How in the world can anybody expect you to remember all the details? I mean, this, this one article alone was, I don't know how many pages, uh, but it's long. And, and the it pictures, is, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a lot of things to remember. With your, and it's not it's not uh, germane, if I may be so bold as to use that word, to, <laughs> to your, um, how's the word, what's the word I'm looking for after germane? Um, not, like, not Michael or Tito. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not germane to your era. Let's put it that way. It's you know a lot I mean? of stuff. It, you, oh yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have an eight-year-old son, so obviously, yeah. remembering something from the 1930s because you researched it is not like uh, a natural thing to do. Whereas, totally, yes, totally yeah. not right. Like I the mean, 1940s. Like I'm currently in my 40s, so clearly I wasn't. A, <laughs> I wasn't I, around back then. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, consider considering. I mean, that's a very good point. The Bears and the Packers have been playing for forever, right? Yeah. So uh, this information, you know, I started reading it, and I'm like, oh, you know, this Bears-Packers thing, it's not so bad, because lately it's been so bad, you know? I mean, Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers, I own this town. And then uh, I-, I can't remember the last time the Bears beat the Packers. I should probably know I that. Do. I-, I do. I <laughs> do. Yes, Corey. I see your hand is raised. Yes, <laughs> December sixteenth, twenty eighteen. That was the last time the Bears wow. beat the Packers. Wow. Yeah, 
But the historical uh, perspective of this article really brings home the the intensity and really the quality, if I can use that word, of this rivalry that goes back so far and it's yet still sustainable today. I don't. There aren't many rivalries in sports that can say that. I think um, that's true. And when you know when the, when the game took place uh, against the Bears and the Packers on TV, even the announcers were talking about how historic it is and, you know, showing the photos of Vince Lombardi and George Hallis and Virginia Hallis, you know, showing her at the game. So yeah, it it just puts kind of in perspective and I do have a chart on this, on this story that shows like pretty much from the 1930s until the 2010s, the bears were dominant, you know? Um, so it's only until recently, and you're right, oh, the Aaron Rodgers stuff is so frustrating because it's like, yeah, you do kind of own the Bears, but why do you have to say it? <laughs> <laughs> well, but you read, yeah, he can say that because they, he, they do sort of own the Bears recently. But if you yeah. look at this, the cool thing about looking at this article is they haven't always owned the Bears, and there were plenty of time, if you wanted to use that analogy, that the Bears owned the Packers. And I'm sure the Bears will own the Packers sometime again, hopefully right. uh, in our lifetime. Just but, wait uh, Just wait for a game when they sack him three or four times in a row. When they, sack, when they sack Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, just, just wait till that day comes. <laughs> it may be a while yet, but it will come. Oh, come on, give me a prediction. No. When, when will that happen? <laughs> oh, okay, wait a minute. Two years. Hey, hold on a second, sports maven. Two years. Is he, is he going to play again next year? Who knows? All right. Do you see him talking retirement yet? No, but I mean, you come on and give this uh, factual opinion about somebody sacking him four times, and then I go, well, Well, are you going to play next year? I don't know. If, if, you know what, if they take it as motivation, it's like, own us? Really? Hmm. I think the lease is running out, quite frankly. Maybe. We'll see. Okay. uh, That wraps up the conversation about the Bears. Um we got Corey on until uh, 8 o'clock, and we have uh, some other items from the archives of the Tribune about the Lady of Guadalupe. Um, we're on with Corey Wimmer from the uh, Chicago Tribune, and uh, the Trib had this article, which this is coming up, this Lady yeah. of, uh, this, my, whatever you, uh, pilgrimage, that's the word I'm looking for, December mm-hmm. 12th, I didn't realize it was 200,000 people traveled to Displains um, to the shrine on 1170 North River Road. Yeah. This- well, it's funny you say that, John, because I grew up about a mile west of of that location, and a lot of people might remember it as Maryville Academy, where, where oh, Maryville sure. is based. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up about a mile west, and so when I moved back to Chicago from Arizona in 2013, I was working a late-night shift at the Tribune, and I, I was trying to get back home to the house I grew up in in Displains, and I, there was just like this massive amount of people yeah. 
in 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 police directing traffic and I, long story short i sat in traffic for over an hour to get to to the, my house and i didn't understand what it was and it turns out it was people showing up uh for this very special event the feast day of our lady of guadalupe and um so that got me curious i wanted to learn more about it and so i worked with uh one of our other reporters laura rodriguez preza and we put together this guide on our website that kind of goes into detail about what this festival is and why it happened yeah. uh, December 12th. That was one of the first things that the traffic situation, when I read that 200,000 people. Yeah. And it says here travel on foot by horse or even semi truck. Mm-hmm. Still, still to this day. Those, Absolutely. Those, yeah. Really? Yeah. It's a tradition uh, that started a while ago. I mean, uh, yeah. It, it is fascinating, and if you are a Native American, somebody born in the United States who speaks English as your first language, you might not understand the story or, or, or the meaning behind it. Uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, was a vision to a, a man in Mexico City in the 1500s saw a vision of the Virgin Mary. And he said the Virgin Mary told him to tell the archbishop to build a shrine to her in Mexico City. So this man, Juan Diego, goes to the bishop, tells him this story. The guy pretty much laughs him out of the room, right? Yeah. And so this man goes back to the mountain to pray. Virgin Mary appears to him again and says, hey, are you going to build me the shrine or not? Is he going to build me the shrine or not? And Juan Diego's like, look, lady, Nobody knows who I am. Like, I'm clearly paraphrasing here, right? You know, clearly, clearly, Uh, clearly, clearly. (laughs) And so this guy is like, "Hey, Mary, um, how's anybody? You know, I'm a poor dude. How is anybody going to believe me when I say you told me this?" And so she gives him these roses that weren't in bloom that this time of year in Mm -hmm. uh, Mexico. He puts them in his cloak, which is also called a tilma. And he takes it back to Mexico City, and he goes back to the archbishop, and he shows him this. And in the roses had been captured there on his cloak was an image of the Virgin Mary. And so today in Mexico City, there is a shrine to her, and this tilma is framed, and you can go visit it. And so, um, but it wasn't until 1999 when John Paul II visited Mexico that he declared on December 12th that was going to be the feast day for Our Lady of Guadalupe. So you fast forward a little bit, and in the in the 1980s, a group wanted to give Chicago um, a replica of this tilma, of this image of the Virgin Mary, and Maryville Academy said, "Hey, we have a place to put it." I should note that it was 800 pounds, so I mean, it was what? a pretty big, yeah, significant uh, thing. <laughs> well, hold on a second. This, this, is it the, this person we're talking about, his cloak weighed 800 pounds? No. No, no, no. His cloak didn't, but the replica that was given oh, okay. to okay. Chicago. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It doesn't make sense. I get it, John. Yeah. No, 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 no. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. But this replica was given, and Maryville Academy in 1996 said, we will take it, we will have a place for it. And so ever since, 
then this tradition has has started where people on the feast day travel to the plains to see the shrine. Mm. And today it's it's on a, a a hill that's a replica of the hill where Juan Diego saw the Virgin Mary, and um, there's a beautiful plaza. And it seems each year they're adding a little bit more to it. And like you said, hundreds of thousands of people go to see it, and it actually starts nine days before the feast day. It's called a novena. And so there are different, you know, masses. And you mentioned the semi-trucks and the horses. You know, each day there's a special thing. But it's the night of December 11th. There are a lot of people who start out in the city of Chicago, and they walk all the way to this plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. when you see a lot of people walking, like you said, it's it's kind of like their version of a pilgrimage to go right. to the shrine yeah. and to pray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So this celebration, if that's the right word, has already begun, right? And culminates yes, in culminates mm-hmm. this weekend. Yeah, that yeah. uh walking from the city to displays, uh yeah, that rings a bell. Um mm-hmm. this cloak that we're referring to um, which this gentleman was wearing in 1531. Yeah. That is still, this original cloak from 1531 is still in Mexico? Yes. It, it's hanging in the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. And um, I don't know if, if they still do this or not, but there used to be a live stream video from there that <sighs> you could watch of people. It's, it's actually raised up on a wall, and there's... <laughs> There's a, essentially a moving walkway with people on it. They, they don't want you to go there and stand there all day, and they need right. to accommodate lots <laughs> of people. So I, I think you would. I gotta find this video and send it to you, John. I couldn't find a version of it that's like live. I can only find recorded versions right, of it now. Right. But yeah, it's a moving walkway of people, and as they go by, they pray, and then you know you get your two minutes to see it or whatever. Right. And then the next people go on it. Well, you know, that's pretty much genius crowd control, if you ask me. I mean, I like it. The, the idea of having a people mover just to make sure that everyone who has taken the effort to get there has their time with this uh, replica, with this cloak. I mean, that's really, that's really a great idea. Um, so how do they handle the traffic out there at Displains? I mean, you've been out there yeah. for as you said, for quite a while. I mean, this has got to be a very complicated traffic situation. I mean, it takes a lot of coordination. Yeah. 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 I mean, Uh, 200,000 people all of a sudden mm -hmm. coming, descending anywhere um, in a town that's really not built for that kind of traffic. Um, That's a challenge. That's got to be a challenge. The parking on site is limited. So there's a, in, in my story on the website, if you, if you are interested and you want to go, and if you're not a native Spanish speaker, right. um, like I said, the first year I came upon it, I had no idea what it was. The next year, I made it a point to go and see what it was. And mm. it's, it's a really moving event. You see a lot of people waiting in line to go past this replica of mm. this image of Virgin Mary. And you're supposed to leave flowers, so a lot of people bring flowers, and it's just mounds and mounds of roses. You say a prayer. You pray. Uh, people generally pray to her with with requests, what they would like to have happen to them in the yeah. year ahead. 
a lot of people return to give thanks for those things if they've been fulfilled. Um, there's music, there's mariachi music, there's people with hot chocolate, you know, handing out hot chocolate because this is an overnight thing that starts, you know, the main part of it starts December 11th. The main celebration is at midnight. Um, yeah. And so it goes into early December 12th and then all day December 12th. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really incredible experience. I can't describe it, but you're doing a very good job of describing it. (laughs) You ask me. Uh, we're going to take a break and do more with Corey when we come back on 720 WGN. Well, actually, before the snow comes, quite frankly, uh, the city of Chicago does its annual parking ban. You ever been caught by that, Corey? No, thankfully, I have not. What about you, John? Close to it. Um, because I lived in areas where I didn't have parking in a garage or anything like that and parking on the street was i'm sure it's still a premium um yeah uh, especially when the bad weather comes so no i didn't i was never caught by this although when it hit the news when it kicked in on december 1st um from 3 to 7 a.m it's tricky i think when there's no when there's no snow you know, Absolutely. because because somebody's going to be parking at this place regularly, I would think, or within that area. And this sign never goes away. It's not like they put up new signs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. this is a sign that's there year-round, whether it's winter or not. And then with no change in the weather at all, especially with no snow, yeah. there'd, mm-hmm. there'd be a real, I think, a possibility of overlooking it, you know? I think that's exactly what happens because, you know, it's it's kind of one of those Chicago things that you always see yeah. on the TV news, like the next day or yeah. later in the, yeah. uh, the same day, like, oh, yeah. here are the tow trucks. They're towing all right. these cars. And this year, I think there were 240 cars towed on the first day of the band. And, and you're right. It always sneaks up on me. And, like, last year, we didn't get our, our first snowfall, like, Sticking snow on the ground until December 28th. So that's right. almost a month after the, that's right. the parking ban went into effect. So, yeah, you're right. It's like, what are you to do? Especially if there are a few uh, places you can park your car. Well, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but there's two levels of this, isn't there? Isn't there a part of the city where you, it's just, hey, this is a no parking zone now because of this uh, snow thing. Even if there's no snow, can't park here. But then there's another part, isn't there, where... You wait until the snow is over two inches deep or two feet deep or whatever it is? You're exactly right. Yeah. Two inches. Yeah, two inches. I'm not two feet, two John, you idiot. Two, two <laughs> inches. Hey, I'm going to wait until... I'm not going to... I want a parking ban where there's five feet of snow on the ground. Well, come on. Let's get real. <laughs> I would park by that sign all the time. And I wouldn't think twice. Yeah, but... Over two inches is deep. That's one level of this uh, parking ban. And then the other is when, is now, as you said, until yeah. till April? Did you say till April? Till April 1st. Because wow. I guess April- they, they think, you know, okay, by April 1st, we should be totally fine, right? But we all know it's snowed past before. Yeah. And it is from 3 a.m. to 7 a.m., which is, you know, not exactly prime time, 
So it's, right. I would think it'd be very easy to fall into, to lapse, if you will, um, on the first day of this. Because oh, yeah. you're, you're walking around on Wednesday, right? And yeah. I mean, if, if you're someone like me who is sort of ignorant, you're walking around on Wednesday, <laughs> right? And you say, oh, this is going to start on Thursday. Well, that's tomorrow. But you don't take into account when they what it means. Yeah, after midnight, midnight it is tomorrow, and that means three a.m. I mean, right. I would get caught in that trap every year. Well, maybe not yeah. every year, at least once. At least once. <laughs> I mean, I got a bad memory, but you know, I would remember that. Come on, John, you can remember that. And I tell you what, I'd remember is how much it would cost to get my car back. Absolutely, yeah. That's the part that's that's tricky and also trying to figure out well where is my car and how do i get to it because i don't have my car to go get to it God, that's a very good point yes indeed so it's a what is it a 150 dollars towing fee uh plus a 60 dollars ticket and a storage fee of 25 dollars per day yeah i mean much yeah, wow. isn't that awful? That's awful. Yeah, that's, that's, I think, John, I think that's why you would forget about it once, and then you'd have December 1st oh or the day yeah. before marked from then on. Yes, indeed. I mean, once, once okay. Twice? I don't think so. Um, yeah. And, well, I guess the city's got to raise their money somehow. Um <laughs> Well, yeah, since we don't have the, the parking meters, most right. of that money doesn't. Yeah, that contract was sold off a long time ago. So you're so, right. They so 500, 500 miles of city streets after two inches of snow. Yeah. That's a that's a lot. It strikes me as being a lot. Two hundred and forty, As you said, 242 cars were towed on the first day of the ban this year. That was Well, maybe some people don't remember because that was up from 200 yeah. last, last year. Um, or they're different parkers. I don't know. At any rate, Corey, it's always good to have you on. You're always fun. Love talking to you. Uh, say happy birthday to your son for me. A little belated, but still. Um, You're too kind, John. Right back at you. Thank uh, you so much. All right, Corey. Thank you. Corey Rumor from the, Rumor from the Chicago Tribune about the Lady of Guadalupe. Um, we're on with Corey Rumor from the uh, Chicago Tribune, and uh, the trip had this article which, this is coming up, this lady yeah. of, uh, this, my, whatever you, well, pilgrimage, that's the word I'm looking for, December mm-hmm. 12th, I didn't realize it was 200,000 people traveled to Displains, um, to the shrine on 1170 North River Road. Yeah, this, well, it's funny you say that, John, because I grew up about a mile west of, of that location, and a lot of people might remember it as Maryville Academy, where, where oh, Maryville sure. is based. Yeah, 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 yeah. I grew up about a mile west, and so when I moved back to Chicago from Arizona in 2013, I was working a late night shift at the Tribune, and I, I was trying to get back home to the house I grew up in in Displains, and I, there was just, like, this massive amount of people. yeah. In, in in police directing traffic and I, long story short I sat in traffic for over an hour to get to, to the, my house and I didn't understand what it was and it turns out it was people showing up uh, for this very special event the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe and um, so that got me curious I wanted to learn more about it and so I worked with uh, one of our other reporters Laura Rodriguez Preza and we put together this guide on our website that kind of goes into detail about what this festival is and why it happened yeah. uh, December 12th. 
that was one of the first things that the traffic situation, when I read that 200,000 people. Yeah. And it says here, travel on foot by horse or even semi-truck. Mm-hmm. Still, still to this day? Those, Absolutely. Those, yeah. Really? Yeah. It's a tradition uh, that started a while ago. I mean, uh, yeah. it, it, it is fascinating. And if you are a Native American, somebody born in the United States who speaks English as your first language, you might not understand the story or, or, or the meaning behind it. Uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, was a vision to a a man in Mexico City in the 1500s saw a vision of the Virgin Mary. And he said the Virgin Mary told him to tell the archbishop to build a shrine to her in Mexico City. So this man, Juan Diego, goes to the bishop, tells him this story. The guy pretty much laughs him out of the room, right? Yeah. And so this man goes back to the mountain to pray. Virgin Mary appears to him again and says, oh. hey, are you going to build me the shrine or not? Is he going to build me the shrine or not? And Juan Diego's like, look, lady, she, nobody <laughs> knows who I am. Like, I, I'm clearly paraphrasing here, right? You know, Clearly. Clearly. Uh, clearly. <laughs> clearly. And so... This guy is like, hey, Mary, um, how's anybody, you know, I'm a poor dude. How is anybody going to believe me when I say, you told me this? And so she gives him these roses that weren't in bloom that t- this time of year in mm-hmm. uh, Mexico. He puts them in his cloak, which is also called a tilma, and he takes it back to Mexico City. And he goes back to the archbishop, and he shows him this, and, and the roses had been captured there on his cloak was an image of the Virgin Mary. And so today in Mexico City, there is a shrine to her, and this tilma is framed, and you can go visit it. And so, um, but it wasn't until 1999 when John Paul II visited Mexico that he declared on December 12th that was going to be the feast day for Our Lady of Guadalupe. So you fast forward a little bit. And in the, in the 1980s, a group wanted to give Chicago um, a replica of this tilma, of this image of the Virgin Mary. And Maryville Academy said, hey, we have a place to put it. I should note that it was 800 pounds. So, I mean, it was what? a pretty big, yeah, significant uh, thing. <laughs> well, hold on a second. This, this, is it the, this person we're talking about, his cloak weighed 800 pounds? No. no, no, no. His cloak didn't, but the replica that was given oh, okay. to okay. Chicago. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It doesn't make sense. I get it, John. Yeah. No, 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 no. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. <laughs> but this replica was given, and Maryville Academy in 1996 said, we will take it, we will have a place for it. And so ever since then, this tradition has, has started where people on the feast day travel to the plains to see the shrine. Mm. And today it's, it's on a, a, a hill that's a replica of the hill where Juan Diego saw the Virgin Mary. And um, there's a beautiful plaza. And it seems each year they're adding a little bit more to it. And like you said, hundreds of thousands of people go to see it. And it actually starts nine days before the feast day. It's called a novena. And so there are different you know, masses, and you mentioned the semi-trucks and the horses, you know, each day there's a yeah. special thing. 
But it's the night of December 11th. There are a lot of people who start out in the city of Chicago and they walk all the way to this plane. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, So when you see a lot of people walking, like you said, it's it's kind of like their version of a pilgrimage to go to the shrine and to pray. Mm -hmm. Wow. So this celebration, if that's the right word, has already begun, right? And culminates in culminates mm-hmm. this weekend yeah that yeah. uh walking from the city to displays uh yeah that rings a bell um mm-hmm. this cloak that we're referring to um which this gentleman was wearing in 1531 yeah said, that is still this original cloak from 1531 is still in mexico Yes, it, it's hanging in the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. And um, I don't know if, if they still do this or not, but there used to be a live stream video from there that you could watch of people. It's it's actually raised up on a wall, and there's there's a, essentially a moving walkway with people on it. They, they don't want you to go there and stand there all day, and they need right. to accommodate lots of people. <laughs> So I, I think you would, I got to find this video and send it to you, John. I couldn't find a version of it that's like live. I can only find recorded versions right, of it now. Right. But yeah, it's a moving walkway of people. And as they go by, they pray. And then, you know, you get your two minutes to see it or whatever. Right. And then the next people go on it. Well, you know, that's pretty much genius crowd control, if you ask me. I mean, I like it. The, the idea of having a people mover just to make sure that everyone who has taking the effort to get there as their time with this uh, replica with this cloak i mean that's really that's really a great idea um so how do they handle the traffic out there at displays i mean you've been out there yeah. for as you said for quite a while i mean this has got to be a very complicated traffic situation i mean it takes a lot of coordination. Yeah. 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 I mean, 200,000 uh, people all of a sudden mm-hmm. coming, descending anywhere um, in a town that's really not built for that kind of traffic. Um, that's a right. challenge. That's got to be the a parking, challenge. The parking on site is limited. So there's yeah. a, in, in my story on the website, if you, if you are interested and you want to go, and if you're not a native Spanish speaker, um, right. like I said, the first year I came upon it, I had no idea what it was. The next year, I made it a point to go and see what it was. And mm. it's, it's a really moving event. You see a lot of people waiting in line to go past this replica of mm. this image of Virgin Mary. And you're supposed to leave flowers, so a lot of people bring flowers, and it's just mounds and mounds of roses. You say a prayer. You pray. Uh, people generally pray to her with with requests, what they would like to have happened to them in the yeah. year ahead. A lot of people return to give thanks for those things if they've been fulfilled. Um, there's music. There's mariachi music. There's people with hot chocolate, you know, handing out hot chocolate because this is an overnight thing that starts, you know, the main part of it starts December 11th. The main celebration is at midnight. Um, Yeah. And so it goes into early December 12th and then all day December 12th. Um, Yeah, it's it's a really incredible experience. I can't describe it, but you're doing a very good job of describing it. (laughs) You ask me. We're going to take a break and do more with Corey when we come back on 720 WGN.
Well, actually, before the snow comes, quite frankly, um, the city of Chicago does its annual parking ban. You ever been caught by that, Corey? No, thankfully, I have not. What about you, John? Close to it. Um, Because I lived in areas where I didn't have parking in a garage or anything like that. And parking on the street was, I'm sure it's still a premium. Um, yeah. Uh, especially when the bad weather comes. So, no, I didn't, I was never caught by this. Although, when it hit the news, when it kicked in on December 1st, um, from 3 to 7 a.m., it's tricky, I think, when there's yeah. no sn- when there's no snow, you know, Absolutely. because because somebody's going to be parking at this place regularly, I would think, or within that area. And this sign never goes away. It's not like they put up new signs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. this is a sign that's there year round, whether it's winter or not. And then with no change in the weather at all, especially with no snow, yeah. there'd, mm-hmm. there'd be a real... I think a possibility of overlooking it, you know? I think that's exactly what happens because, you know, it's it's kind of one of those Chicago things that you always see yeah. on the TV news, like the next day or yeah. later in the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the same day, like, oh, yeah. here are the tow trucks. They're towing all right. these cars. And this year, I think there were 240 cars towed on the first day of the band. And, and you're right. It always sneaks up on me and, like, Last year, we didn't get our our first snowfall, like sticking snow on the ground until December 28th. So that's right. almost a month after the, that's right. the parking ban went into effect. So, yeah, you're right. It's like, what are you to do? Especially if there are a few uh, places you can park your car. Well, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but there's two levels of this, isn't there? Isn't there a part of the city where it's just, hey, this is a no parking zone, now, because of this uh, snow thing, even if there's no snow, can't park here. But then there's another part, isn't there, where you wait until the snow is over two inches deep or two feet deep or whatever it is? You're exactly right. Yeah. Two inches. Yeah, two inches. I'm not two feet, two John, you idiot. Two, two <laughs> inches. Hey, I'm going to wait until. Uh, I'm not going to. I want a parking ban where there's five feet of snow on the ground. Well, come on. Let's get real. <laughs> I would park by that sign all the time, <laughs> and I wouldn't think twice. <laughs> yeah, but over two inches is deep. That's one level of this uh, parking ban. And then the other is when, is now, well, as you said, until yeah. till April? Did you say till April? Till April 1st, because wow. I April- guess they... They think, you know, okay, by April 1st, we should be totally fine, right? But we all know it's snowed past before. Yeah. And it is from 3 a.m. to 7 a.m., which is, you know, not exactly prime time. So it's, right. I would think it would be very easy to fall into, to lapse, if you will, um, on the first day of this. Because oh, yeah. you're, you're walking around on Wednesday, right? And, yeah. I mean, if, if you're... Someone like me who is sort of ignorant, you're walking around on Wednesday, right? And you say, oh, this is going to start on Thursday. Well, that's tomorrow. But you don't take into account when they what it means. Yeah, after midnight, midnight it is tomorrow, and that means 3 a.m. I mean, right. I would get caught in that trap every year. Well, maybe not yeah. every year, at least once. At least once. <laughs> 
I mean, I got a bad memory, but, you know, I would remember that. Come on, John. You can remember that. And I'll tell you what I'd remember is how much it would cost to get my car back. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the part that's that's tricky. And also trying to figure out, well, where is my car and how do I get to it? Because I don't have my car to go get to it. God, that's a very good point. Yes, indeed. <laughs> So it's a, what is it, a $150 towing fee uh, plus a $60 ticket and a storage fee of $25 per day? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, wow. isn't that awful? That's awful. Yeah, that's, that's, I think, John, I think that's why you would forget about it once and then you'd have December oh 1st my, or you know, the day yeah. before marked from then on. Yes, indeed. I mean, once, once okay, twice? I don't think so. Um, yeah. And, well, I guess the city's got to raise their money somehow. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, since we don't have the, the parking meters, most right. of that money doesn't. Yeah, that contract was sold off a long time ago. So you're so, right. They, so 500, 500 miles of city streets after two inches of snow. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. It strikes me as being a lot. Two hundred and forty, as you said, two hundred and forty-two cars were towed on the first day of the ban this year. That was well, maybe some people don't remember because that was up from two hundred yeah. last year. Um, or they're different parkers. I don't know. At any rate, Corey, it's always good to have you on. You're always fun. Love talking to you. Uh, say happy birthday to your son for me. A little belated, but still. Um, You're too kind, John. Right back at you. Thank uh-huh. you so much. All right, Corey, thank you. Corey Rumor from the Rumor from the Chicago Tribune. Actually, before the snow comes, quite frankly, um, the city of Chicago does its annual parking ban. You ever been caught by that, Corey? No, thankfully I have not. What about you, John? Close to it. Um, because I lived in areas where I didn't have parking in a garage or anything like that, and Parking on the street was, I'm sure it's still a premium, um, yeah. uh, especially when the bad weather comes. So, no, I didn't, I was never caught by this. Although, when it hit the news, when it kicked in on December 1st, um, from 3 to 7 a.m., it's tricky, I think, when there's yeah. no sn- when there's no snow, you know, Absolutely. because because somebody's going to be parking at this place regularly i would think or within that area and this sign never goes away it's not like they put up new signs right mm-hmm. i mean right this is a sign that's there year-round whether it's winter or not and then with no change in the weather at all especially with no snow yeah there'd, mm-hmm. there'd be a real i think a possibility of overlooking it you know i think that's exactly what happens because you know it's it's one of those Chicago things that you always see yeah. on the TV news, like the next day or yeah. later in the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the same day, like, oh, yeah. here are the tow trucks. They're towing all right. these cars. And this year, I think there were 240 cars towed on the first day of the ban. And, and you're right. It always sneaks up on me. And, like, last year, we didn't get our our first snowfall, like, sticking snow on the ground until December 28th. So that's right. almost a month after the, that's right. the parking ban went into effect. So, yeah, you're right. It's like, what are you to do? Especially if there are a few uh, places you can park your car. Well, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but there's two levels of this, isn't there? Isn't there a part of the city where it's just, hey, this is a no parking zone, 
now because of this uh, snow thing, even if there's no snow, can't park here. But then there's another part, isn't there, where you wait until the snow is over two inches deep or two feet deep or whatever it is? You're exactly right. Yeah. Two inches. Yeah, two inches. I'm not two feet, two John, you idiot. Two, two <laughs> inches. Hey, I'm going to wait until. I'm not going to. I want a parking ban when there's five feet of snow on the ground. Well, come on. Let's get real. <laughs> I would park by that sign all the time. And I wouldn't think twice. <laughs> yeah. But uh, over two inches is deep. That's one level of this. Uh, parking ban and then the other is when is now as you said until till april did you say till april till april 1st because i guess they they think you know okay by april 1st we should be totally fine right but we all know it's snowed past before yeah and it is from 3 a.m to 7 a.m which is you know not exactly prime time so it's, right. I would think it would be very easy to fall into, to lapse, if you will, um, on the first day of this. Because oh, yeah. you're, you're walking around on Wednesday, right? And, yes. I mean, if, if you're someone like me who is sort of ignorant, you're walking around on Wednesday, <laughs> right? And you say, oh, this is going to start on Thursday. Well, that's tomorrow. But you don't take into account when they what it means, yeah, after midnight, midnight it is tomorrow, and that means 3 a.m., I mean, right. I would get caught in that trap every year. Well, maybe not yeah. every year, at least once. <laughs> I mean, I got a bad memory, but, you know, I would remember that. Come on, John, you can remember that. And I'll tell you what I'd remember is how much it would cost to get my car back. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the part that's that's tricky. And also trying to figure out, well, where is my car and how do I get to it? Because I don't have my car to go get to it. <laughs> God, that's a very good point. Yes, indeed. So it's a, what is it, a $150 towing fee uh, plus a $60 ticket and a storage fee of $25 per day? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, wow. isn't that awful? That's awful. Yeah, that's, that's, I think, John, I think that's why you would forget about it once and then you'd have December oh 1st my, or you know, the day yeah. before marked from then on. Yes, indeed. I mean, once... Once, okay. Twice, I don't think so. Um, yeah. And, well, I guess the city's got to raise their money somehow. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, since we don't have the, the parking meters, most right. of that money doesn't, yeah, that contract was sold off a long time ago. So you're so, right. They so 500, 500 miles of city streets after two inches of snow. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. It strikes me as being a lot. 240, as you said, 242 cars were towed on the first day of the ban this year. That was, well, maybe some people don't remember because that was up from 200 yeah. last year. Um, or they're different parkers. I don't know. At any rate, Corey, it's always good to have you on. You're always fun. Love talking to you. Uh, say happy birthday to your son for me. A little belated, but still. Um, You're too kind, John. Right back at you. Thank uh, you so right. much. All right, Corey, thank you. Corey Rumor from the Rumor from the Chicago Tribune.